0: Okay, so uh, this uh, teaching again uh, on Galatians was actually written by Barry Bennett, and uh, Barry Bennett didn't do it like chapter by chapter, but he did. He he says I, I like he likes to teach topically, so he picked seven topics um, to teach on. So um, that's how this these lessons have been taught, and um, and so we're actually down to the the last topic, which is Galatians, and this is lesson eight, and this is the spirit versus the flesh, and I really like this one. (laughs) It really opened my eyes to some things for myself, Um, and I hope it does the same thing for you guys, okay? So we're going to pray again. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is truth, and your truth sets us free. It only, not only sets us free but keeps us free so we ever need to be looking at your truth continuing to be set free and even washed sometimes by your by your truth this is your time holy spirit you are a teacher we can't understand these things because they're all spirit and so we need you so help us lord help us to see help us to hear give us an understanding heart and a willing heart lord just to walk these things out and i thank you for it in jesus name amen All right, so this is the spirit versus the flesh. So uh, I think this is going to clear up some things for all of us um, in our lives, okay? So uh, number one says, life in the spirit, the spirit versus the flesh. So Galatians 5, 13 and 15 says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use the liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. (laughs) But... Through love, serve one another, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say to you, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this principle and understanding this is something extremely important. Because we've had a lot of wrong teachings, and um, at the end, I'm going to try to paint a picture so you can see cl- see clearer, or at least make sure that you've gotten the the whole picture here. Um, but what says what is the lust of the flesh? Okay, an unrenewed mind. Okay, if you have an unrenewed mind, you're going to give in to the lust of the flesh. It's only through a renew a renewed mind that you can recognize what sin is, but also have the power to resist that, to know where that temptation is coming from, okay? So let's read uh, James 1, 13 and 15. So let no one say when he is tempted or tested, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires or lusts, okay, and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it give, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death, okay? So a lot of people are like, well, God put this sickness on, on me. God, you know, has caused, caused me to lose my job, and he's trying to teach me something. No, That is not the truth. You need to understand that God is not doing these things to you, right? It's because we live in a sinful, fallen world that these things come upon us. The devil brings these things to us, but there are temptations or tests and trials, okay? But you need to understand it's because of our flesh, our own desires of our flesh that we fail, <laughs> that we fall. A lot of times we want to blame it on the devil, and the devil has a part, part of it, but really the only thing that we can control is our flesh. We can have victory in every situation if we renew our mind and understand that we're dealing with the flesh. The devil's there, and we need to understand his tricks, his schemes, but we also need to understand that we're dealing with our flesh, Okay, so, um, oh, I was uh, reading this same scripture, James 1, 13 and 15, and I was just praying the spirit. Wanting to understand. And so, all of a sudden, I see a picture. I see a picture of this, this, um, this big trout in a river. Just beautiful, the sun shining. It's beautiful. I have like a, a a nice, comfortable bed. I am big and I am fat and happy. <laughs> I'm a trout. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. All right. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? You know. And then all of a sudden, I see this thing splash in front of me, and there's this little worm sitting there, moving around, moving around, and I'm like. What what is that? <laughs> I don't need that. I'm not hungry. I'm full. I've got everything I need. But oh, but that looks good. <laughs> hmm, that might actually taste pretty good. And so I grab a hold of it, and then, uh-oh! All of a sudden, I'm being pulled from the river, pulling across the the river, and I I jump out of the water and I see there's the devil with his fishing pole. <laughs> And then, here's the thing. I'm like, I'm grabbing a hold of it and I want it so bad I won't let go. <laughs> and so he pulls me to the shore and throws me in the frying pan. And there I am in the frying pan going, ah! <laughs> and I say, God help, I'm ah, I messed up! And then he takes me out of the frying pan and throws me back in the river. God has given us all things that we could ever want or need. But then the devil comes with a rubber, plastic, whatever worm, and it looks good, and you think it's going to taste good, and you grab a hold of it, and you won't let it go because it promised you something, and you want that, but you wind up in the frying pan. (laughs) But even when that happens, God, as soon as we call to him, he's going to take us and throw us back in the river right? The river is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We need to stay in Him. We need to flow in Him because it is in Him that we have everything we could possibly need, okay? The world will promise something to us, and our flesh looks at it and says, ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that looks like it would taste good. I want that. <laughs> and then we give in, then we get in trouble, you know? So anyway, that was just something that I saw the one when I was reading this, but we have to understand it's because of our flesh, not because God hasn't provided. It's because we want something more, or we don't think God can give us that, so we grab a hold of those things. So the old man that was crucified must be put off. Do you? Um, to do this, you must renew the spirit of your mind. Galatians 5, 16 through 21 says, For the flesh lust after the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay? Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which is... Which are adultery, fornification, uncleanness, lewdness, adultery, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand. Just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That sounds pretty serious. Right? Okay? Notice, nowhere in here he says the devil, about the devil, you know. He's talking about our flesh, right? Again, we can't control what the devil does, but we can control what our flesh does. You know, the devil loves trying to set traps to see if we'll take, you know, bite. But we can understand those things that we'll know. I know that's not of God. That's my flesh wanting those things. And if I, I know if I if I buy, the devil's got got a frying pan for me. <laughs> and uh, I am not doing that. I fell for that too many times. <laughs> I've been in the frying pan too many times. I don't want to go there anymore. <laughs> that's right. It kills. It steals. It destroys sin is not innocent. When we give in, it still kills and destroys. It's, it takes from us. A lot of people think sin is innocent, but it's not. When we give into our flesh and we take hold of that sin, death is coming. It opens up the door for the, the, the devil to come to steal from you and take from you, okay? So we need to stay away from sin. But guess what? We have the power to do so, as we renew our mind and we trust that the Holy Spirit will lead us and give us the strength to resist and to do what is right. But it's on him. Hallelujah. We don't have to stand alone. Hallelujah. We can look to him and say, help, and he's there. He's ready. He's ready to help. So, A, the lust of the flesh, okay? So, if you think these things are okay, you are deceived. There's a lot of people, a lot of children of God who are born again, are extremely deceived to think that these things are okay you know and they just don't understand that they are just opening up the door for the devil to come to steal kill and destroy but these desires come from the fle- their flesh there is a way to change their desires as they renew them their mind with the Word of God but we're gonna look at these things adultery and so most people know a lot of what these are. But I'm going to say anyway, sex w- with someone that you are not married to, okay? Adultery. Fortification. is sex outside of marriage. So it's not okay to have sex outside of marriage, okay? And it's not okay to go- have sex with someone who is not your, your mate or her, your wife or your husband. It's not okay. There are so many think that it's okay and it's not. Sin is not innocent. They're going to get burned, you know. Not only do they allow themselves to be destroyed, but then they also destroy the, the, the people that they love. Yeah, because they're just completely deceived. Uncleanness or filthiness. Lewdness, which is like vulgar speech. You know, as a Christian, that we hang around our father, we should, we should speak as a, as a father would. He says that we should always speak words of grace, words of love. When we speak to people, they should be encouraged. Even when we go to them and say, you know what? You're doing something not quite right. When they leave you, they should feel loved and encouraged. If they don't, then you need to talk with them some more and make sure that they understand it It is because you love them and you want to see good for them, right? Adultery, worship worship of anything other than God, you know? We've got a lot of... um, Men, and maybe some women, I don't know, they'd rather go fishing on Sundays. Well, this is the only day I can, I'm free to go fishing. <laughs> Instead of coming to church, which then this lines them up to be to be weak in the flesh so that sometime when they get trial, they just fall right into it, you know? Anything that they worship more. You could tell what you're worshiping is like how much time do you spend on it, how much time do you think about it, uh, how much money you spend on it you know you can really tell what your idol is because that's where your focus is that's where you're going to spend your time and that's where you're going to spend your money on so is it something other than god <laughs> sorcery and this is something different than what you know i had I, I mean this i understand this now but for a while i didn't understand what sorcery was the desire to control and manipulate other people That is sorcery. God does not want you to manipulate and control people. He wants you to love them and let them respond to that love, not to try to manipulate them in any way to get them to do what you want them to do. And what happens is is then you open yourself up to other spirits coming in, and then they start helping you to manipulate people, and then you're in in trouble. Uh, Hatred. You feel justified in hating a person. We should never be, feel like we're justified to be able to hate or judge someone else because they're in the same spot that you were and you needed the Savior, well, they need a Savior too, right? We're, it is not okay for us to hate someone who is in sin. Now, we hate the sin because we know it's destroying their lives. It is, it is killing, stealing, destroying them. And so we hate that sin, and we should hate that sin, but the person who has been caught who is in that? We should not hate them. We should love them. We should show mercy to them. We should um, feel compassion toward them, right? And not judge them. Contentions. Have you ever met someone like this always causing strife? They want to argue you about everything. A lot of times, even when they know you're right, they still want to argue with you just to, just to try to get over on you because they're just content. <laughs> They're just contentious, you know? They always want to be right. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, it's never their fault. No matter what they do, they've got an excuse or a justification of what they, what they, why and what they did, you know? Uh, jealousy, wanting what others have. We shouldn't be jealous of where, what other people have or even where they are in the Lord. We should be rejoicing with Him and go, oh, my gosh, if God did it for them, He'll do it for me but I'm going to rejoice with that person and God will bring me to that pl- that place. He who hungers and thirsts shall be filled. So continue to hunger and thirst, continue to go, f- you know, forward in God and in the Holy Spirit. And guess what? One day you'll have that too. You know, it's yours. It's your inheritance. But remember God's got a timing for everything. Outbursts of wrath, can't control their emotions. So they basically no matter, you say something, and it just seems like you just make them mad. You're like, I can't say anything to you, <laughs> you know? Anything will set them off, you know? It's, it's your flesh, you know? You're giving into your flesh. We need to show mercy. We need to show grace and love, kindness, and compassion, you know? Even when you think you have a reason To act in wrath, you don't. It's the the lust of the flesh, right? We are, as God forgives us and has mercy upon us and continues to love on us, then that's the same thing we need to show to people who who even do things against us. Um, Dissensions, um, they don't like authority. I met some of those people. I don't have to come underneath your authority. I'm under God's authority. (laughs) I can do whatever God tells me to do. And if you don't like it tough, now. I've met some people that way, you know. Anyway, they don't understand that God has set up authority in the church. And he's many, many lessons in his word, Old Testament and New Testament, about following after authority. God put them there, and we should follow after them. Anyway, um, heresies, which is bad doctrine. A lot of people will take and read something and make it a doctrine, but it doesn't fit with the rest of the scripture. There's like all these scriptures over here that say something different than what their doctrine says. So it's like you read one or two scriptures, and then you say, well, I believe this, and this is the gospel truth. (laughs) But then they forget about all the other scriptures that say other things, and you really need to bring it all together so you have the full counsel of God on these things. So they teach bad doctrine. So um, the church that uh, I was here before, this one, was in Assemblies of God, right? And for the most part, up until that point anyway, they probably were the closest to what I really believe. I said I believe these things, and so they had all this doctrines and stuff, but they came from a legalistic source that you have to obey the law for God to grant anything. You know, so the, the condition would be is if someone was sick, they were sick, and they were praying for them, they would beg God, God, please heal them. You know, they deserve to be healed. They've been faithful. <laughs> To church. They're givers, you know. Um, and they they taught this based on, you know, no, you have to obey the law to get anything from God, you know. And because of that, even though they were born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, right, they didn't have a whole lot of the Spirit moving, (laughs) right? Because of bad doctrine. We want to make sure that when you have a doctrine, we say, I know, I, I know that I know that I know this is the truth. You need to have it from the whole counsel of God. Uh, envy, thinking you deserve what others have. Wait a minute. Why, why did God, why do you give that to them? I wanted that. <laughs> Instead of rejoicing with them, knowing that one day you're going to receive it too. Hallelujah. Murders. Well, uh, I didn't even put a definition there. It's killing someone. Uh, Drunkenness. Drinking to get whatever, to get drunk, to be able to sleep, to be able to forget, be able to be free to do whatever, you know? Um, I believe drinking is okay, in excess it is not. Why? Because it makes your flesh, all of a sudden it frees your flesh to do what it wants to do, and so now you've done something that you would not have done if you weren't drunk. It's wrong, you know. So don't do it. Don't get there. Revelries, drinking parties that end up end with all kinds of really bad things. Um, what is not on the list? Demons. How many people have heard? Oh man, the. The devil made me do this, and the devil's on my back to do this, and the devil made me do this, and I have no control because of the devil. No, you have no control because of your flesh. <laughs> the problem is your, our flesh. So how do we deal with that? Uh, verse 21, someone who is practicing these things will not inherit or walk in and enjoy or enjoy the kingdom of God. They will not enjoy the blessings of the kingdom or the abundant life God has promised them. The abundant life is theirs, but if you're, if you're going toward the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. You're going to reap death, okay? If you follow up the Spirit, and by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit, you do righteousness, then guess what? You get to enjoy the blessings of the kingdom, okay? Now, some people were like, oh, that means you're not going to heaven, i don't believe that if you're born again you're a child of god and guess what your babes in christ and you're just doing your what your flesh wants you to do you know uh you know babes in christ you know they cry you know they want you to feed them all the time if you don't give them what they want they want to cry you know Uh, they want something and if they don't get it they fall on the the floor and kick and scream (laughs) and yell, (laughs) you know, Um, anyway, we need to get, we need to get past our flesh, we need to learn, and grow, and understand, you know, what is the issue with sin, God does not impute sins to us, because Christ has paid for all sin, but the issue is, is in heart, it hardens our heart toward God, and it deceives our heart and steals from us. So let's read uh, Hebrews 3, 13 through 15. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. We need we need people around us exhorting us. Not don't go that way, don't do that. This is a better way. Why does call today, lest any of you be hardened? through the deceitfulness of sin. Some people went through a list of sins and there's a whole lot more of the, um, than this. Um, but a lot of those people have been deceived. They've hardened their hearts toward God concerning the truth. And they have been deceived. Someone who is deceived, they don't know they're deceived, right? They will stand right there in your face and say, no, this is okay. Someone will even tell you, no, God told me it was okay. Well, I think you were listening to the wrong God. (laughs) You know? God will not go against his word, his written word, or his spoken word. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Okay? So, we we get to partake of what Christ has purchased if... We hold our confidence to the end. Let's see, okay. So Proverbs 25, 28. Whoever has no rule over his spirit is like a city broken down without walls. If we continue to give a, um, into our flesh, it's like a city without walls. When an enemy comes in to attack, they have free access. Sin is not innocent and it is not good. And a child of God should do everything they can by the power of the spirit, the leading of the spirit not to do those things. OK? All right, so now, but now we're going to talk about the fruit of the spirit. Let's move on from that negative stuff there. but uh, B, the fruit of the spirit, which is the nature of God. Galatians 5:22 and 23 says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such there is no law notice it says the fruit of the spirit so the fruit of the spirit comes from us abiding following after looking to him you know um and by doing that then all of a sudden there's this fruit that starts coming that we get to enjoy in our lives these are this is fruit that the whole world is looking for they want to know that they're loved they want true joy you know, they want peace. They want to be be able to be patient no matter what happens, you know. But it only comes from us abiding in the Spirit. And by, as we abide in the Spirit, this fruit comes. And it's fruit not just for you to enjoy. Others around you can then enjoy too. Don't you love when, you know, uh, these fruity people, these spirit-fruity people? I love being around them. <laughs> Why? Because when you're around them, it's like, they open up their mouth and they start sharing and you're just, you get to sit down and eat all this delicious, beautiful fruit of the Spirit that's coming off of them. <laughs> and you feel, you feel loved and encouraged and, and joyful and all these things. Why? Just because that person has spent time in the Holy Spirit in the Word of God and in prayer and because of that, they've been able to have this fruit bear in their lives and how beautiful it is. You know, so this fruit's not just for us. It's for everyone around us. So we want to be fruity people, abundantly fruity people. <laughs> fruit of the Spirit, that is. So let's talk about these, um, these, uh, these fruits of the Spirit. Love, knowing that you are loved and accepted. When others are around you, they too enjoy this fruit and know they are loved and accepted. If you're developing this love, people are going to feel the love of God and know they are loved also. Joy. In his presence, there's fullness of joy, and others can partake of that joy also. Just because you spent the time with the Holy Spirit, joy is contagious. Peace. God will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. Abiding in the Spirit, abiding in God, abiding in Jesus brings the fruit of peace. As Jesus was at, at peace, asleep in the back of the boat, so you can stay calm in any storm of life. Instead of going, oh my God, I'm going to die. Don't, don't you care, <laughs> God? You can be at rest. And you know that is such a testimony to all those around you. Wait a minute. Why aren't you panicking? <laughs> Why aren't you go you know follow your knees crying you know uh, you know at your wits end well because i trust god i have the patience of god I and mean, I have that fruit you know others can pick up partake of it too long suffering patience and emotional strength to deal with whatever this world world this world or people throw at you so you have the patience god's come through before he'll come through again He's been faithful in this, 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 this. And I've heard many testimonies that God has been faithful with this, this, this in their lives. Well, you know what? Devil, whatever you got, I know God's got an answer. Hallelujah. Kindness. Even when we mess up, God shows mercy and does not give us what we deserve. So we show the same mercy to those who sin against us. Instead of giving them what they deserve, you show them mercy and love. And you're able to do that because you're abiding in the Spirit. It's a fruit. Goodness, It is, if it is good, then it is from God. God causes good things to come to us, whether we deserve it or not. So we do the same for others. You know, you may have a relative or a friend or whatever, or someone you work with, and they're terrible to you. But you know what? You can show them goodness. Show them that, you know, and and give to them. Maybe give them a present. Pray and ask God to say, God, what, you know, what can I give them that, you know, show them, you know, um, that I'm good, you're good, you know. And a lot of times, people who have done that have really turned the heart of people around, and they become a different person. Faithfulness, God gives us strength to walk in faith despite the pressures of life, and we can do the same for others. Faith is a fruit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. As we abide in Him, as we seek after Him, if we follow after Him, faith is a fruit. Gentleness, when we mess up, God helps us without condemning us, and we do the same for others. So we handle them with gentleness as God handles us. Even when we fail, God's right there to help us gently and in love and in compassion. And we should be gentle and loving and showing compassion to those who fail around us too. So self-control is also a fruit of the Spirit. He helps us to control our emotions and, and, and overreacting and we can help others as well with this too. We can talk them down. I'm going to... Th- ah! <laughs> but we can actually talk with them and they can eat of this fruit that is on our own lives and they can, they can receive from it, right? So C is four questions. Where does the fruit come from? Okay. John fifteen four and five says, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. There's a lot of people that want to force themselves to bear this fruit, but it doesn't come that way. It comes from abiding. You can't just dis- strain really hard and the- go- there's the fruit of love. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it comes from abiding. All right. So our focus should not be on. I've got to i got to be more loving. I've got to be loving. I've got to be more loving. I've got to be more loving. I've got to be more kind. I gotta be, Come on, God, help me. You know, it comes from spending time with him, spending time in the Lord, spending time in words, spending time in prayer. And out of that, all of a sudden, that fruit will grow. And all of a sudden you're you're seeing yourself like, wow, I'm not I don't I'm not acting like I used to act. <laughs> I'm not saying the things I used to say. I, you know, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't like people. <laughs> and now it's just like, I just want to love them. I just want to help them. I just want to, I, you know, I just want to show compassion on them. I, you know, I, I just, I want to see them enjoy the goodness of God, you know. And it's because it's a fruit of the Spirit and not something I had to work up. Oh, we have to work up. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If you want this fruit in your life, it comes from abiding in him. And then that fruit will come. Galatians 5, 24 and 26 says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay? If we live or abide in the Spirit, let us also walk. Which is the fruit and the spirit? Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Look at that! Look at my fruit. I got—I've got some pretty good love here. <laughs> and the others are looking at what? But God, I want—I want I to want love like that. I want to have joy like that. You know, I want to have peace like that. You know. Don't envy. Just know that it it can be yours, but it comes through abiding. So number two says, walk in. I mean, what is walking in the Spirit? And that's to abide in Jesus. Galatians 5.16 says, I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay? So we're like, okay, I've got to stop doing this. I've got to stop doing that. I've got to stop doing that. Well, you know what? The way you stop doing those things is to abide in him. And all of a sudden all that stuff starts falling off. Those things that you were struggling with that you were trying to break off, and it just it seems like this this terrible fruit that was growing in your life, you know, you're breaking it off and you throw it in it down to the floor and then all of a sudden it pops back out again. Oh and you took. it you check. It doesn't work that way. You've got what you do is you bite in the spirit, you follow up to Him, you read the Word, you you pray. You know, let follow after the Spirit, and all of a sudden that fruit falls away, and it's replaced with His fruit. Instead of the fruit of the flesh, you get the fruit. get to enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians five eighteen says, "But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law." You know, when we sin, when we do those things that our flesh wants us to do, we reap um, corruption. Allow the devil to come steal, kill, and destroy. Um, So we don't want to do that. Um, A, walk in the Spirit means to bear fruit of the Spirit. Um, Let's see, number three. Why must we walk in the Spirit? Galatians 5, 16 and 18, which we already read above here. What happens when you do that? It says, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh, and then we'll be free from the law of Moses, written to those who sought to be underneath the law. So basically, instead of having to go read the law and go, I need need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. All of a sudden, you just find yourself doing it. You're walking in righteousness. You're loving, you're kind, you're gentle. You're doing what's right, you know, um, because you've spent that time abiding in him. It's a fruit, not something that you've had to force to happen. It's not because, oh, the law says. It's because as you follow the Spirit, you've been changed. And you get to enjoy a a different life, you know, a life um, that's led by the Spirit. Number four says, how do we walk in the Spirit? It's all about relationship. Spend time in prayer and in His Word. There's no other way to do it. There's no other way to abide in the Spirit or walk in the Spirit than this relationship of time in His Word and in prayer. God is with us all the time. We have His Spirit who lives in us. And He's right there, right here, with us all the time. And the relationship that He really meant for us is to to, to be talking with Him all the time. I want you guys to know that you can walk in the Spirit of prayer all the time. That even though I'm up here teaching, I'm still looking at Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, are you having this? to say. I'm listening to see if there's something else that I should say or add or, you know, or say differently. I'm all the time looking to him. You can always abide in in every second of every day. That is the relationship of prayer that he wants us to have, you know. He wants us to sit down and study his word and look to to him, our spirit. His express job was to teach us his word, right? And so we need to look to him that living spirit that is there to teach us that as we're reading, we're looking to him. Holy Spirit, what do you say about this? Do you have something to show me? There's a river. What is this fish? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, what's going on there with this worm? (laughs) Anyway, if we open ourselves to him, he will teach us. You know what? He knows exactly how to show you and get you to understand so that then you can apply his truth and his word. It may not be the same way he shows me. He knows how you think and what your heart is. And so if you're looking to him, he will express to you exactly what you need to, to know and to understand. Okay? And if he can't get it through to you, then he'll get somebody else to teach it. The next Sunday, you come to church. (laughs) He's just good like that. If you really want to know, he's going to make sure that you get your answer. But just know that it's because of the Holy Spirit. You're looking to him to teach you. So one way or another, he's going to get that to you if you really, really want to know. Just say, God, you're my teacher, and you're going to teach me. Help me to see. And he's going to make sure that you know. Uh, Proverbs 4 and 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life you know an issue something that springs is 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 a um a gardening term right you know the leaves spring forth or you know the vegetable sprung out sprung out of the ground and and things like that we need to take the time to put his word in us and abide in him and what will happen is what will spring out in our life is good but you know that also applies to what's bad if we continue to keep our mind on things that are not of god or look and do things guess what something's going to spring out and it's instead of a good issue it's going to be a bad issue (laughs) so we need to keep our heart with all diligence we always need to be watchful and understand that it is up to us to make sure our hearts are filled with good things from the holy spirit and not things of the world, because we want good things to spring forth. John uh, 14, 16 through 18 say, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's been sent, Spirit of Truth, to be your helper in everything. So we need to look to him, have a living relationship, and understanding that he's always there. He's always ready to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to help us, to strengthen us. Whatever we need, he is ready to help, right? And he wants us to live fruitful lives, fruitful lives that we can enjoy, but also, fruit that other people can can eat of and bring honor and glory to our father right uh john 6 and 63 says it is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing the words that i speak to you are spirit and they are life we need to give attention to the holy spirit and to the word you know we can't force ourselves into stopping to do certain things if if we just follow after the spirit those things will fall off and the last thing says, we make choices every, every second of every day to follow the Spirit and reap life and good fruit, or choose the flesh and reap death and sorrow. I said, you choose. You get to choose. So um, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this, this teaching, for your word, your truth, the truth that sets us free. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, that we have been washed and cleansed by your word. Those things, those wrongs, thoughts and understandings have just been washed away by your word, by your truth. And we thank you. I pray that we, you would help us to understand, to know always that you are always there and you're always ready to walk with us every second of every day, that we can have communication with you Whether we're praying out loud or not, you can be speaking to us and we can be speaking to you. That we always look to you in every way and for everything. And I thank you that you're faithful and you always come through. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you would be willing even to live in us. (laughs) Wow, you must really love us. (laughs) And we're so thankful that we have you to help us in everything. In Jesus' name, amen.